0: Among our lesbian and gay community members, only some of them wish to get married, but all of them work. This makes the recent Supreme Court decision regarding workplace retention of LGBTQ persons probably the most important in their community history. Greetings again, Amanda Morgan. In the 6-3 decision, the High Court held that an employer who fires an individual merely for being gay or transgender defies the law. It's a momentous decision with a range of potential ramifications. The ruling combined three cases where a child aid worker, a skydiving instructor, and a funeral home director had been fired after employers learned they were either gay or transgender. To gain some perspective on the court decision, along with recognizing Pride Month, our guest is the Director of Development and Communications at the Center on Cofax, Mr.
1: Joe Foster. This is something I never thought I would see Um, with the administration we're dealing with now, I I never thought this would happen. Uh, We were all pretty nervous with the appointment with uh, uh, Justice Gorsuch. So for him to come out like this and Chief Justice Roberts to do the same, it was was breathtaking. And I I really just felt overall relief because – you know I, I work for an lgbtq organization so the chances of me being fired for being very very low but um other people in the lgbtq community face this on a daily basis couldn't be who they wanted to be they weren't able to you know they could get married on a saturday and then fired on a monday for putting a picture of them and their spouse on their desk from that weekend so it really was one of those things where i just i was able to breathe a, uh, breathe a sigh of relief about this and as I meant as I've always, I always always say, when this kind of thing happens, this really is just a pit stop on the road to marriage equality. I'm sorry, yeah. to full equality. And so I feel as though you know this is just one tiny step, but it's a big step for us, and it's something that will help a lot of people.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're you're you're, you're talking about the steps there. Are, are the other what other things need to be done? I guess this doesn't mean. That protections are in place for like housing and education and uh, healthcare. There's still some vestiges of discrimination. Maybe that's not the right word. That could be uh, uh, employed there as well. So I guess we would need a, a full law from uh, Congress to uh, to completely uh, knock those things out. Yeah, this doesn't this doesn't really
1: get Congress off the hook in terms of what they what their job needs to be. That's that's for sure. You know, luckily we live in a state like Colorado where we, where the community is afforded these protections uh, because we have a very progressive, you know, legislature and uh, governor. But this doesn't let Congress off of the hook by a long shot. But I, what I hope this ruling does, I hope it does change a few hearts and minds out there to, you know, be more accepting and tolerant and be tolerant of our community. So that's where I feel as though... Uh, that this will come into play. But, you know, when it comes to discrimination of anything, there's still, this kind of got buried last week when uh, when the Supreme Court ruling came down. But last week, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, he came out and said that they were rolling back protections of transgender people uh, under the Affordable Care Act uh, the Obama administration had uh, put forth. So that's that's an area that we're still trying to fight for. Uh, and what also got even more buried is Uh, Ben Carson, uh, his Department of Housing and Urban Development, said that they were going to allow uh, shelters, uh, single-sex shelters, uh, to discriminate against trans people uh, to allow them to stay in their shelters. You know, there's, when we think about that, it's pretty jarring because there is a statistic out there that 30% of homeless LGBTQ youth, uh, sorry, 30% of youth that are homeless are LGBTQ, so for them not to be able to feel safe in a place that's literally the purpose of, which is a shelter, is pretty pretty scary for people. So I, I really hope this changes people's minds and mindsets, and we're able to force you know our lawmakers to make the right decisions to protect everyone.
0: You know I I, I know you're you're not a lawyer, but I thought. In the Affordable Care Act and those kinds of things, those types of protections were a part of the law and they just couldn't like arbitrarily roll them back. But what I think I hear you saying is that they weren't. And so the Obama administration by executive order or something else, you know, put them there. And now they're, uh, uh now the, uh, the current administration can just arbitrarily just take them out. So we do need right. to put them back, that law then. Yeah, you're right. And yeah,
1: you're right. Also, much to my mother's dismay, I am not a lawyer. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what I understand also is, uh, <laughs> you know, I think certain administrations, uh, cabinet, uh, people, cabinet members can put certain rules into place, uh, uh in terms of the law and some people will fight them in court. So yeah, it's, these protections need to be, this is a step that the Obama administration did to protect folks, I feel like. Uh, until Congress came up with a solution, uh, and hopefully they'll do that soon. But yeah, it's it's kind of terrifying that these projections can be rolled back and and just in a blink of an eye.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me switch gears real quick because um, uh, June is Pride Month, and uh, I guess you can call this Pride Weekend. And the center, you guys have been leading uh, this effort for a virtual. Pride fest and telling No, oh, wait a minute, how are they gonna do this? So we started going through it. You have sponsors who are gonna be, you know, sponsoring and showing the products for support virtually. Your entertainment is going to be performing virtually. And you have this whole schedule that's laid out. How did how did that come together? I have not seen it to this degree anywhere in the country.
1: Yeah, so we are, we are a diamond in the rough here, my friend. It's been, it's been kind of crazy how this all happened. So we, uh, we start planning Pride like literally the Monday after the weekend ends <laughs> from the year before. So we've been planning Pride for since June of last year. And when COVID happened, you know, the center unfortunately had to close our doors to the public. So all of our programs and services went online and we were kind of Waiting for any kind of sign from the city and government that we, to tell us, yeah, we're good to go for your in-person festival in June. And as weeks rolled by, it was pretty apparent it was going to, wasn't going to happen. So we started putting plans into place and we have a wonderful staff of people who put, who are very creative and put their heads together. So everything, every single piece of pride that would have happened in person is happening virtually. And it's been a heavy lift by everyone, but you know, we were able to really deliver for not just our sponsors, but our community members who look forward to this every year. So, I mean, I, I think we're one of the first virtual pride parades, to be honest. We're, we've encouraged not just our corporate sponsors and LGBT businesses and other small businesses uh, to submit videos for this virtual pride, but, you know, we have everyone, community members, families, who so have submitted as well, and it's been very exciting to see how the community really came together to support. So we're really excited about it. And you're right. It's, we have, we've gotten drag queens, through Paul's drag race to send in videos to form, which has been very helpful to us. And
0: yeah, it's been really great for, for the organization as a whole. But your thinking was just down to, I mean, the nth degree. I mean, the whole, the whole recommendation that people still decorate their cars and drive them and, Somebody takes a cell phone video of it and send it to you. Then you start stringing them together, and voila, you got a parade. <laughs> <You just> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is good. And even decorating their balconies and the uh, apartments, and and uh, and so you have the feeling. But getting that degree of cooperation and buy-in, uh, that I, you know, I I got I have to check it out because that level of execution is going to be wonderful.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And please check it out. Everything is going to be on our website, streamed on our website, www.denverpride.org. We're on our Facebook channel. Uh, our friends at Denver 7 helped us produce this virtual pride. So they're going to be streaming, uh, the uh, social media, uh, 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 entity of the parade in the morning on Sunday at 930. And then they're going to televise a, a condensed version of the parade that afternoon on their, on their station. So it's exciting also because this also makes pride accessible to all of LGBTQ Coloradans and uh, our allies. So you don't have to come to Denver to celebrate. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. And that's one of the things we're really excited about so everyone can be a part of it. And that's
0: I think that's one of the main Saturday night you had, I think, a special presentation on Rocky Mountain PBS as well. And then the schedule on Sundays full and, and, and Channel 7 is, so, is supporting you there. But just, as you said, it, it really reflects the, uh, the cross-sectional interest of the of the community to uh, to support every aspect of it, and, uh, and 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 that's an exciting development. That I tell you, having lived here a long time, it's
1: really it's really great. Rocky Mountain PBS to do this special for us. So they filmed our center stage performers and are going to use that in their own broadcast and. And they also did a couple segments where they speak to all of LGBTQ Coloradans about what pride means to them. So we're not just talking to, um, LGBTQ people in Denver. We're talking to people down in Pueblo and Durango. It's, it's all across the state. So it's really, you're right, you wouldn't have seen this a couple years ago, but you know, we have really put together a program where everyone is involved. And we, it's, it's, interesting. it's just interesting because once we announce this, People came out of the woodwork to like see how they can get involved. And it was really yeah. satisfying to me, especially moving that people wanted to help because, you know, Denver Pride Fest is, is the, our largest fundraiser for the year for the center. It makes up half of our uh, annual revenue. So we wanted to make sure that we were, we were able to generate that revenue to make sure we can ensure all the programs we do with our uh, stage of the Rockies program for LGBTQ elders or LGBTQ youth and trans services. So it's been really wonderful for, to, for us to be able to uh, get off the ground the way it did.
0: So things that have been presented on Saturday are you going to be repeating them throughout the rest of the month? So uh, yeah, so you'll it- have a chance to uh, see those again as well.
1: For sure, they'll. Sorry, I didn't answer that before. But yeah, for sure, this will be. This will live on our YouTube channel. This will live on our Facebook. We're we're definitely going to be promoting these uh, events throughout, not just the rest of June, but throughout the year. You know, it's, it's something that we we're very we're going to be very proud with, and we're definitely going to uh, make sure
0: we give it as much exposure as possible. You're using a theme for the um, for Pride Fest. Together we rise. Where did that come from?
1: So we came up with that theme. So every year is a different theme. Last year we did, uh, we honored Stonewall with Stonewall 50, uh, 50 year since the Stonewall riots that led to our movement. Uh, this year, you know, we, we actually came up with this theme in December, January, and it just, we didn't, I, I thought we should, I, I should play the lottery because who knew that I would, <laughs> this would be so <laughs> on the nose in terms of what we're going through <laughs> because, um, you know, as of April, like as of March when we uh, had to be put in shelter in place, uh, due to the pandemic, you know, we really came out of this stronger and we're able to rise up and put together this, this festival to a virtual setting, to a new normal at this point. So yeah, it really is a, it's a wonderful theme, um, especially in a year such as this, which is a
0: big year for ele- the elections and um, our community as well. I saw the theme and it does. It looked just so prophetic. You know, I said, hey, they got a crystal ball down there. I got to go see if there's something <laughs> there for me. Um, the uh, the center itself. Tell us about the uh, your youth outreach. You mentioned it a little uh, a few moments ago, uh, youth Rainbow Alley and the Family Protection Program. Those seem to be really really big.
1: Yeah, so it's really all just the Rainbow Alley Youth Program. Uh, it's we yeah. it's we have a drop in center in our center, which is you know obviously closed to the public right now due to COVID, but. So what we do there is just really a safe space for all LGBTQ youth to come to. We provide uh, counseling in partnership with Rocky Mountain Mile High Behavioral Health, and uh, so it's it's a, a way for students to feel like they can be themselves. Because you know, as you, as I mentioned earlier, even with the Supreme Court ruling, uh, there are still people out there who uh, look at us differently or treat us you know badly. And uh, you know, being a kid isn't easy. You know, I was a gay kid once, so I can speak to that for sure. That it's definitely difficult to be gay in an area where people aren't accepting. So this is, I mean, I wish I had something like this when I was a kid. Uh, it, it just didn't happen. But it's an area where kids just can be themselves. They perform drag shows. They have other talks and programs. We do something called Summer Academy every year where they go to different um, businesses around Denver uh, to, you know, learn about what the LGBTQ employees there, whether it be the zoo, the museums or, you know, even a bank just to kind of show like, you know, even though you're LGBTQ, you can, you can definitely still be anything you want to be when you grow up. And that right. culminates with a camping trip at the end of the week. And, um, unfortunately that's going, um, virtual this year, but we have a lot of great speakers who are signed up to participate. And it's been really helpful to our youth to be able to still have that, that place to come to. Uh, right now they do all of their programming on a service called Discord, which is kind of a chat room mm-hmm. for them to, uh, participate in, and it's moderated by our staff to make sure uh, nothing crazy is going on in there um to make sure it remains a safe space
0: outside of the four walls of the center. The observations and perspectives of Joe Foster, the Director of Development and Communications for the Center on COFAX. On this edition, we've been exploring the meaning of the new Supreme Court decision on workplace retention of LGBTQ employees, along with going inside the Pride Fest celebration for Pride Month. We'll continue our conversation with him on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay in your game. And many thanks to you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.